With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode 168 of the DC Crossover. I'm Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. How, happy New Year. God, we're in 2024 now. Happy New Year. This, this show... <laughs> um, in this current version of the show, I'm curious when the first episodes of this show went on the air. Because I feel like, let's see, I'm scrolling back right now, so I see 2022. Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can throw a guess out Now, there. when you're saying on the air, are you talking about like when we no, no, no. live Just stream some of that? This podcast in specifically. Okay. This iteration. Yeah, this iteration of it. When the first episodes guess. are okay, I've got it pulled up, so I'm I'm, I'm interested. Oh, the, DC the very crossover first podcast episode one. So, okay, episode one. Yeah. I would say it was 2019. I need a full guess, and then I'll tell you how close you are. Okay, 2019, and I'll say in March. So you're off by. Seven months. It's a lot. <laughs> is it? Is it before that? August twenty sixth, twenty eighteen. Oh, is DC wow. crossover even... podcast episode one? Wow, isn't that crazy? That's than I thought. Damn, Jesus. So that's like freaking six years almost, and that's just this version of the show. Um, and we've done many different versions. So we enter another year with this show. Uh, we ended last year. On a very strange note, if you d- didn't get a chance to watch or listen to the episode, go back and, and get to like th- or close to the end where we had this random like bot enter our chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't even know if it was a bot, to be honest. And it was like, it was one of the weirdest moments we've yeah. ever had on this show. Um, some bot like telling us like our lives are going to end or something. It was very weird. But uh, they're going to take our soul. Yeah, take our soul. It was a very appropriate way to end 2023 for this show. But 
We are back. New year. We mentioned, we teased this a little bit last episode as well. Um, we, we have some big things coming for the show. Expect that right around the time, um, uh, Super Bowl time. Uh, we'll, we'll be teasing out some, some things coming up. Uh, a lot to get to tonight on the program. Follow the show on, on social media at the DC Crossover and at Sarone16 and on TikTok. We, we got to get the followers up on TikTok because we're trying to do some live streams on TikTok right. as well. And TikTok has these BS rules about how many followers you need to have in order to stream live, which I think is insane because like I scroll through TikTok all the time and some of the lives I come across, it's like a guy <laughs> like in the gutter. You know, like like, uh, yeah, like right, live right, streaming, right. and he's speaking a different language, and you're just like, "How did this guy get enough followers?" Some people have to like seven, seventy like viewers or something like that. You're just like, "All right, if you have seventy viewers and you have to have a thousand followers, it's like that's the it's 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 kind of off." There's the some, numbers are there's off. There's some weirdos on TikTok. I mean, like, oh, yeah. there's weirdos on all social media weirdos. platforms, but when you if you go to like the live tab on TikTok and scroll through. You're getting some weird stuff. Like there's the <laughs> there's the girls that are doing things that are a little weird. Like there'll be a girl like uh, just like sitting, or, and I say girl, I mean woman. Uh, there'll be like a woman like uh, like reading a book, but she happens to have like her shirt open or something, and it's like then like that's 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 it. That's all. That's like yeah. streaming live. And there's meanwhile there'll be like five thousand people watching it. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, there's people that they'll, they'll be sitting there like working on the computer. And then all of a sudden, and same same yeah. pe- people, yeah. you know. And then like like they have like like there's like no bra on or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you're just like like these people like get these privileges to have these lives yeah. and stuff like that. And it's turning into OnlyFans or something. I know. Like, I, I guess you and I need to be doing this podcast, you know, naked. Um, yeah, brawless. I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess we got to figure it out. But um, yes. Yeah, so we are glad to be back in the new year. Follow the show. All that good stuff. I'll probably be coughing on this episode like I've been for the last month. Um, a lot to get to. Before before I get into the commander stuff, and I've got a very fun list that I'm very excited to go over Ooh. with you. Uh, you know, the other things that happened across the weekend, of course, you had two, uh, well, really three huge games over the span of the weekend with the two college football games last night. Um, both pretty incredible endings. Obviously, the Michigan-Bama game was, you know, more interesting but I think still, like, you know, uh, Texas uh, made it a game for a bit there. But Washington, so you got UW and and uh, Michigan going to the college football final. Any early reads on it? I think Michigan is right now like a three-and-a-half-point favorite just right off the bat, just today. I mean, obviously, we're still, yeah. you know, the game's Monday next week. But, uh, I mean, I, I to me, it's this seems like it's, it's Michigan's game to lose at this point. I mean, they're kind of the team of destiny, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, and cause look how, how bad they played in that Bama game and they still won. I mean, <laughs> and that, that, that's right. a little scary if, if you're Washington and watching the film. Yeah. I mean, obviously I watched, um, I don't know, probably half of the Bama game or whatever is doing some other stuff. But when it comes down to college football, obviously my betting for college football sucked this year. Yeah. So I didn't watch a lot because I was like, I don't have a lot invested in it and tech is still rebuilding and all that kind of stuff. So Basically, when you look at these two teams, you get a high-flying offense when it comes to Washington. And then Michigan is more, you know, tough nose in the trenches oh, yeah, type stuff like that. Run with, with Blake Corum and stuff like that. Yeah. And that that's the thing, too, is it, it'll be fun to watch because, you know, when's the last time Washington was, right. you know, 
irrelevant. I mean, what was Jake Browning the quarterback at that time, or Jake Locker or somebody like that? Um, you know, one of the Jakes. Uh, but that's the thing is, I think that when Washington uh, got you know Penix, that was a huge deal mm-hmm. because Penix was huge for Indiana. Now Indiana has never been that great at football, if I recall, but. At the same time, when Penix was there, they had some hype. They actually had some type of, you know, buzz around. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, what's uh, Indiana's? Not the Hoosier State, obviously. What's their like their their uh, location in Indiana? Sort of the B. Oh, God! I should, I should know this. What Bloomfield? Is it Bloomfield, Illinois? Wait, no. What am I talking about? <laughs> uh, you're talking about where we sound like morons. Uh, we're talking about where Indiana <laughs> University is. Bloomington. I knew it was a bloom. Yeah, Bloomington. Bloomington. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I knew it started with a B yeah, or something. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's like, you know, and of course I get off track because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. like OCD when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Um, but literally, when he was at Indiana, they had some buzz. But now that, you know, he's over at Washington, a little bit more weapons, right. a little bit better of a football school. And now all of a sudden, you win the Pac 12. And or pack two or whatever it is now, and, and now you go out there and you shock Texas. Everyone was saying Texas is going to win. Yeah, this I game. liked I liked was, Texas for the game. I think I bet I, I my, my parlay was Bama on Texas. <laughs> that yep, didn't work. Same. And uh, yeah, and that's that's just the thing. It's it's going to be fun. But I as of right now, I would probably bet on Washington just just to just to do it. Yeah, and I think so too. The fun, the, I think the fun thing would would be is if you're going to bet on Washington, don't just do the money line. Put them as like a two and a half favorite yeah. or something like that. Swing it like five or six points. Get yourself a decent odd, and then all of a sudden you can say an over or whatever you're going to do. Um, but that would just make it more interesting for me. But I don't know. I, I, I think right now just to, just to make it fun because like last year with TCU, it wasn't really fun, I would say, because everyone was like, all right, TCU upset. Well, I think they upset Michigan yeah, it was, yeah, at the time. Yep. And, uh, and all of a sudden everyone's like, all right, you know, here we go, you know, TCU, we'll, we'll see how they do. And all of a sudden, they just got boat raced. Yeah. So you're just like, all That's right, the what, worry. What, what are we watching That's here? the worry. Is both the semifinal games were great. The worry is, are we going to get a dud in the championship? I don't know if we will. I think, you know, if, if Washington can sling the rock around a little bit, uh, Michigan will establish their run game. We could we could get a good game. I mean, that's that's what I'm hopeful for. And then, of course, Saturday night, I was up uh, late, late, late because I could not go to sleep. I was so disgusted by the Lions' loss there in Dallas. Uh, another screw yeah, job yeah. by the NFL. Um, and of course, now you see today that same crew is getting in the national TV game. You know, Ravens Steelers uh, on Saturday, or, or yeah, maybe Saturday. Uh, like they deserve it. You know, like I, again, there's no punishment. There's no repercussions for you know the uh, just doing a terrible, terrible job. Um, and, and it is what it is. This is what happens. These officials get no, they don't have to talk to the media. You get one pool reporter talks to, you know, the, the, the refs after the game and, and asks them softball questions. And, you know, that's pretty much it. When in reality, those officials should have to stand up just like Dan Campbell did. And just like any of these guys have to do after a tough game, they, they should have to stand on the media podium and answer questions. You know, like, right. why'd you make that call? Why'd you screw up? Why'd you do, you know, like, can you walk us through this? Walk us through that. Like, it should be, you should have to answer for your mess ups, but they never do. This is just what happens. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it uh, so, somewhat. It's just another in a long line of, of Detroit Lions getting just effed uh, left and right. But, uh, you know, that was, it well, was just honestly, 
going through that whole entire debacle, I think it makes the Lions look more formidable because they had to have a situation where they're in Dallas, where Dallas has been dominant for the most of the year, obviously, and they've been scoring out the wazoo for everything. And then they held Dallas to basically 20 points. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I don't know what was it was it less than that with a defensive thing or something like that. I'm, I'm, I can't I'm remember, but yes, it was. I mean, Dallas had, was averaging like you know 35, yeah. 40 points at home, and the Lions held them to around twenty. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's and that's the thing is if they hold them around twenty, yeah. then all of a sudden they go out there and they're they're it was behind 20, the 20 sti- to nineteen. Yeah, yeah, they're behind the sticks. So I, for some reason, I I thought yeah. there was a defensive touchdown or something like that. Uh, I, I'm going mind blank for what happened. Anyways, um. There, there is a good positive, you could say, I should say, that comes out of this game. Because, again, the Lions were underdogs. The Lions were, I think they were four-point underdogs, something like that at some point. Yeah, I think, I think uh, the line before the game was four and a half, yeah. Yeah. So, a four-point underdog, four and a half, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And they go into Dallas, hold them to under their home average in points per game. They come out and they have the balls to go for a fourth down with a fake punt, like in their own thirty yard line yeah. or whatever. Like they don't care, and that's the mentality you have to have when you're going into the playoffs. A no, I don't care. We're gonna go for it no matter what, right? You know. But if 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 a situation happens, maybe we'll fake them. Like we're not gonna go for it, whatever it may be. Dan Campbell went out there and was like, you know, we're going to try. And that's the thing is we're going to go for it. The thing about it is there's too many teams out there, hence Washington, for instance, with Riverboat Ron, if you want to call him that still. That's pretty much on the plank walking off the the ship here. We're going to be getting into that next for sure. The thing about it is, is you got to look at it this way, that teams that are scared and that just say, we're going to kick the field goal or we're going to do this or we're going to do that and just kind of play it safe are not the ones that are going out there and winning all the time. Right. Sure. Some of these teams have great defenses or whatever it may be like the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. Sure. You want to, you want to not go for this or you not want to, you know, make it too scary for you. Yeah. Cause you got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you got all those guys. Okay. But when it comes down to this team, your, your defense, the Lions defense isn't, you know, cream of the crop. They got some holes in it, but at the same time, you got the chance to win. You go out there and you, and, and you try to go for it. The refs do a little screw job for you, and then all of a sudden, you you get you get boned. But the problem is, is that now for Dallas, everyone's like, well, I mean, if Detroit can go out there, the four and a half point underdog at home uh, or in Dallas, just to say, and you know, basically win the game but get screwed in the end. That's a good thing for for Detroit because now they go into a hostile environment, especially if they have to go into a hostile environment when it comes down to the playoffs, then everyone knows they can go out there and do the deed. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, they need to go out there and, and actually get it done in the playoffs and continue this mentality and not be scared when it comes down to these crucial situations with fake punts, with this. I mean, we I think I, if I recall correctly – in the Super Bowl, I believe the Saints ran a fake punt against Peyton Manning. Right. So, I, if I recall correctly, that's or was it, it was an on, no, it was the onside, onside, onside kick, onside or kick. Yeah. yeah, to start yeah. the second so, half. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah. So you you see those situations and say you got to have those in the playoffs because too many teams get too scared because they're like, man, it's one and done. But all of a sudden, 
they have to think of the other side of the pillow here. If it's one and done, leave everything out on the table. Don't, right. don't hold anything back. You've got to play with, with house money, which is what the Lions were able to do in that game. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Again, they're in the playoffs, so I'm happy about that. But we don't need to talk about Detroit Lions. Instead, let's talk about the Commanders. As I introduce to you the list of the top 10 worst decisions made by Ron Rivera in his tenure here in Washington. Uh, and so I am. Uh, I'm excited to to go over this with you. Uh, All right. So I'm excited because you have not seen this list, correct? So what is it again? This is the top ten. This is just this. This was came out to yesterday on Hogs Haven. <laughs> it's Ron Rivera's top that, ten yeah. worst decisions in D.C. So I'm I'm excited to. Uh, I haven't seen the list. I have not. Okay. So I'm excited to see how these hit you. So number ten. You know what you should have done? You should have wrote all these down and then let me rank oh, them and yeah, compare them. Yeah, them. that's true. That would have uh, been good. That would be too good. late. Uh, Either number way. 10, failing to invest adequately in the offensive line. And so this is something we've talked about <laughs> at length on this show. There, there it seems like through Rivera's tenure, there was highly an emphasis on the defensive line. And at one point, this defensive line was one of the best in the NFL. Uh, but meanwhile, the offensive line... Um, you know, you had Trent Williams, Trent, and then you sent him away. You know, and got barely anything back. You had Morgan Moses, who was a decent guy on on the line as well. You, you sent him away, didn't really get anything. Uh, and then now, you know, you've got absolute clowns on the offensive line at this point. Um, you also had one of the best centers in the league for a long time. I feel like, and 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 he's gone. So you know, the 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 lack of uh, offensive line draft picks or getting guys in free agency, the good quality guys in free agency, etc. cetera. Uh, this is on the list at number 10, failing to invest adequately in the offensive line. I'm, I'm sorry. This, this mic, God, this mic just irritates me. <laughs> all right. So I, I just don't get it. I I'll like, anyways, I gotta, I gotta get away from this. It's okay. So going along with this whole entire yeah, investing in the line. Everyone said the defensive line. All the, the 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 difference is here is that yes, he they invested the entire organization invested in the defensive line like crazy, but when it comes down to the offensive line, they didn't. And I and I've been a proponent of this the last couple of years. When you talk about investing, they didn't invest smartly. I guess you could say they invested, but they didn't invest in premier talent you know they went and they got nick gates they got andrew wiley you know it's like like they got some you know sadiq charles and stuff like that in the draft but they got these guys in bad spots andrew wiley wasn't a top three or four tackle in the in the the free agency i mean you had a i mean i don't think he was even the top free agent from kansas city's line i mean that's the thing is you have to look at it this way this is a team that hasn't gone out and spent money wisely on important positions, and nor have they spent draft picks in the right spots. Yes, is corner a need? Yes, it is. But it's a need for everybody, right. pretty much right. in the entire league. So you can't sit there and say, oh, we're going to go with Manny Forbes, you know, because he's good. This is Okay, sure, he might have upside here and there or whatever, but why didn't you go after, and again, I said this like three episodes ago, why didn't you go after uh, one of the top tackles for that 13th spot or whatever it was? Why didn't you go after, 
uh, Lindenbaum from uh, from the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and when he got drafted, like the thing about it is the Ravens recycle; they keep going through. And this is the this is the difference between a good organization, not a gourd, a good organization, and an organization that's inadequate. And that's because this organization just goes after people. And I said this two weeks ago, and again, this is one of the things that I, I posted on TikTok. Um, uh, that somebody commented about it and kind of irritated me that when you go on, on draft night, I hate when people say, Oh, we're just gonna get the best available. Why are you going to get the best available? Yeah. That's like, stupid. It, it's there, stupid there, there, there's, there's teams out there that, okay, would love to move up. And do you need to, you know, get a ton back? No, you don't need to get a ton back, but I mean, obviously you need to get what it's worth back. Like if you're trading from 10 to 26, that's a little different. You do the best available but, bit when you're like in the late rounds and you're like, all right, we got, I have no right. idea who the F to take here. So you, yeah, that's when you get the best available. You don't have to go best available in the third round, you know, like yeah. that's stupid. And, and that's the problem is that they could have easily, you know, the Ravens wheel and deal at the end of drafts. And that's, that's one of the reasons why they got Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why they got Tyler. Like you got two core pieces right there, the center and the starting quarterback. And you got him in the late first round. It's like when you sit there and say, oh man, well, we really need – the problem is some of these these drafts, it looks like they look at, like, some of the prospects on, on the computer or something like that and just watch what Mel Kuyper says or something like that. Right. Like, I don't understand why can't, why can't you say, well, our offensive line has been awful the last three years and we're, we're bleeding by the second. Why don't we go get the best guard, you, you know, or something like it that? It says here, you know, in all four of his drafts, he selected only five offensive linemen, with the highest being Sam Cosby. And then the ones that were drafted. And, he, and Sam Cosby's not that good. No, either. and he's not. And you look across the league at the better teams in the league. I mean, again, we just talked about the Lions. The Lions have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You look at you know yep. uh, the yep. Chiefs and when, on their runs. They've had a great O-line. Philly, obviously not as great of a team this year, but in general tends to have a, a good offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, the Ravens, like you just mentioned. I mean, a good O-line. So it's like – and this, this is a, a nice point that they make here in that – um, you know, the reality is the modern NFL is built on, on offensive dominance, and a lot of that comes from the O-line. O so uh, we won't sp- we got to run through these, but definitely right. a fair point here because, again, this, is, this, is, this has been an issue for the team. Uh, number nine here, I don't, we don't have to spend too much time on this one, cutting Dustin Hopkins for Chris Blewett. Um, you know, basically their, their overall point is like that was like an overreaction. Um, you know, uh, cutting. Hopkins. No one really cares. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, a kicker. We can we can skip that one. Number <laughs> we don't all we don't all have. You know, Justin Tucker. This one I'm very excited to talk about. Number eight, using players in the wrong position or in the wrong scheme. The, yeah. Number one on this is uh, the guy who you and I on this very show we bitched about this constantly. Landon Collins played at safety when he should have been moved to linebacker. You got uh, the other ones on the list here. William Jackson the third. He was brought over. Uh, as a free agent specializing specializing in man coverage, and then he was now having to play zone. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, kind of the uh, you know the opposite. He was a cornerback specializing in zone, and he was being forced to play man. You got Cosme, who played at right tackle, and then was moved to guard. Um, their point they they have Antonio Gibson on this list. I, I don't I don't <laughs> really know if you can make that argument. Uh, Jamin Davis uh, drafted as a middle linebacker, but not. You know, didn't have the speed for this uh, this position. Um, Hudson yeah. kept out of the lineup. Um, you know, so you know, uh, the, the, these are. I mean, the Landon Collins one is one that you and I we we talked about it on this show for mm-hmm. months 
landing on what the hell they were thinking with landing Collins playing safety. Uh, but some of these other ones, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're drafting guys that are specializing in a certain type of defense, certain type of area. And, and uh, you know, while obviously being a modern athlete, you have to expect to be able to adapt at the same time. There is there is a, an argument to be made that why are you drafting a guy who specializes in something other than what you tend to run? You know, like it just doesn't. It just seems like you're you're just already putting the the guy at a disadvantage right off the bat. Right, and that's the biggest thing is what you're talking about here is the top four. I believe are the most important yeah. because against the Sam Cosme draft, I believed that they should they should have drafted a tackle in the first round. Yeah. But they ended up waiting until like what, the second or third round, whichever one he got drafted in. I believe it was the second round. And now he's moving to guard. And I hate when people do that. If you're going to draft a tackle, he better be a tackle that actually can play tackle. That's what you're drafting him for. Yeah. You're not drafting a guard. If you're going to draft a guard, draft you know Quentin Nelson or draft somebody that actually plays guard. Because when they are specializing in a specific position because that's what they play in college or whatever it may be, then you have to understand that that's what they're used to. Yeah. You can't say, oh, well, hopefully he can play right guard. Like, hopefully they slide him in, he can do that. Because I even heard it on the radio the other day that they're like, well, if if this guy's not good enough, maybe they can slide him into the guard. Like, are they saying guard sucks or something right. like that? Because honestly, when you think about the guard position, I mean, you got defensive tackles that are bigger than most defensive ends, obviously, that are pushing you around. You can't just say, oh, I'll just slide on in here. Like, no, because then you got pulling guards and you have, you know, uh, uh, the A and B gap you got to worry about. Tackles are just pretty much facing off against one defensive end pretty much for the most part, and that's what they're doing. And I hate to say it, but that's just what they're doing. But then you look at Landon Collins, like we were talking about. He was a safety for the Giants. Giants, totally different team than us. But when you look at it, like we talked about for many, many episodes, he was so good inside the box, and we brought him in to be a tackler. I mean, the guy can get a million tackles, but he's not a cover safety. And that's the same thing. Uh, we, we, we talked about for years about uh, uh, DJ Swearinger. Maybe not years, but right. DJ Swearinger was the same thing. Hard hitter and stuff like that. But they'd have him like sitting there trying to cover a tight end and, it, it, for, for short. It's like, what are we doing here? It makes no sense. And then you're looking at Jackson and Forbes. Same thing. They're basically the opposite. Okay, Jackson specializes in man coverage, is now doing play in zone. And then Forbes is specializing in zone, now he's playing man. It's just it's a like, mess. It, it makes no sense, and that's that's the problem is that you look at these guys and you're saying, what are we doing here? Everyone was like, oh, Jim and Davis, he has a lot of upside. Okay, the guy can have a lot of upside, but if you're drafting him like 15th overall, 11th overall, whatever, he better be an automatic starter. Yeah. And if you're going to get a middle linebacker, you better get a guy that has – you know, starting experience that's not from a, a school that's a basketball school, okay? And that's what the, that's the one thing that everyone hates is talking about, oh, this is a basketball school or this is a football school. Like, we're both. We're actually both. Kentucky is not a football school. No. I, don't give, I don't give a crap what anyone says. Kentucky is a basketball school. Once you start winning national championships and can actually compete in the SEC, then let me know. Will Levis was your best player, and Will Levis sucks, okay? I'm sorry. That's just how it is. But you're looking at it and saying, this is hilarious because – this is one of the biggest things that everyone talks about, and and he just keeps doing it. He loves it. He loves it. Uh, loves it. Number seven, allowing Kevin O'Connell to get away. Um, and they, you know, this was just another one where I mean, we've heard the the stories for forever about you know obviously like 
you know, commanders, coaching staff, uh, you know, having so much talent in house that you let walk. Obviously, people love to point to McVay and all these other guys. Um, O'Connell's kind of a, an under the radar one, where you know you had O'Connell being replaced uh, by Scott Turner, um, and now obviously O'Connell, head coach of of the Vikings, and uh, you know having some some good success there. He's obviously reunited with Kirk Cousins and. Um, so this is another one where it's like, is this a, a major, major thing on the list? No, but it does speak to, you know, R- Rivera wanting to do things obviously completely his way, bringing his guys and and just not being a great talent evaluator, not only on the player side, but on the staff side to me. Well, that's also, I'm not going to blame him fully for this because if you think about it, there are four NFL head coaches out there, at least four of them right now, that were on Washington staff in the last 10 years, okay, uh, or I should say 12 years or so. You had uh, Kyle Shanahan, obviously, is one of them. Sean McVay is another one. Kevin O'Connell and Matt LaFleur. So you have four right there. There might be one more that I'm missing, but you're looking at it and saying, we had all those guys. I'm not going to sit here and just blame Rivera for that, no. even though he did did have a screw-up with this whole entire thing, but I don't know. Yeah. I just think that you know, it, with, with with the owner and all that situation at the time, nothing was ever going to change. Number six, drafting reach first and second round projects and trading up for a long snapper. So the guys that they're pointing to here, guys like we, we talked about, Jamin Davis, Sam Cosme, Dotson, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, Quan Martin, basically, again, kind of criticizing um, kind of the where guys, guys being taken – higher than than they really should have um you know Cosme of course um you know uh you know Mathis things like that where it's just like again the draft has been kind of an issue here uh and then the long snapper of course uh your favorite long snapper in the league uh finally cut as well um so so yeah it's was he was he cut yeah yeah remember they cut him uh yeah week 15 yeah Oh my God! I didn't even know they cut him. Yeah, yeah. It was so insignificant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, right, right. But it's it, I, the overall point here is that like you've got guys who you know, yeah. This this is a funny one with Mathis, where you know his agent had told him to be expected to be drafted in the third or fourth round, um, and uh, you know he was drafted in the first couple rounds. So yeah, that that's kind of an issue. That's an issue. You're taking guys early in the draft. Now look, like you could look at any. GM's draft history and find misses, obviously, or overreaches. Like that's a part of it. But with with Rivera, there just tends to be a little bit more of a pattern. It just tends to be there. You, you can really yep. kind of see um, mistake after mistake after mistake, which just makes you question, like, man, who? Like you said earlier, like, what are you watching? Like, what 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 are you? What does your <laughs> draft board look like? You know, like yeah. how how do you get to this point? That that's the. I mean, look at look look at those draft picks though, right there on the Jamin Davis. Okay, everyone's like, oh, it's a little bit of a reach for this guy, but maybe he can he can you know develop into something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Sam Cosme, they draft him in the second round, which everyone was like, oh, he's probably the seventh best tackle in this draft. And then Jahan Dotson, everyone thought that was a reach, and then he started showing flashes and catching touchdowns, and then he hasn't done anything this year, nope. uh, for the most part. Like you said, the whole entire Mathis thing. I remember yeah. when they picked Mathis, everyone on the panel was like, like, who is this guy? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> like, Bill Mathis and then, sounds like my accountant. <laughs> and then, uh, then Manny Forbes is over here, and everyone, I mean, everyone, you know, they brought him up on the screen. And everyone's like, this guy is like a, you know, like the, 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 what do they call it? The, 
the worm or whatever the heck they got. Not the worm, but the uh, the stick bug from a bug's oh, life. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's like that guy. They're like, oh yeah, he only weighs 160 pounds. I was like, I wore 100. I, wore, I weighed 160 pounds in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. You know. And then the Quan Martin thing. They were like, what are they doing? <laughs> like they're like wondering all these reaches, and it's like, what? I mean, it doesn't make sense, any sense because they go out there and they get like like again the, the Fedarian Mathis thing. Our defensive line was already – oh, we're getting depth. We're getting depth. Our, okay, we can get depth all you want, but we have a lot of other things we need rather than just depth on the defensive line. I like the Cheeseman uh, as well. You're trading up, get a long snapper. You can get a, a long snapper uh, in line at Giant Grocery Store. Like, you can find right. – you don't need to be trading up for a long snapper. Uh, number five, letting his chief talent evaluator get away. Uh, this is another one that – you know, talking about Kyle Smith – um, who right, you know, right. uh, had some you know some solid uh, you know solid drafts. I mean, you're talking about looking at some of these guys like Cam Curl, um, you know, Sadiq Charles, Antonio Gibson. I mean, uh, Smith was you know a guy who was yeah well respected, etc. And um, you know Rivera restructured the front office and uh, you know took him away, and now he's over in Atlanta um, putting together some 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 decent teams there. And so, and, right, and the right. drafting has been awful since he left. So another example of internal talent, you let him walk away uh, and not really, you know, keeping – because you should be striving to – like when, when new regimes come in, obviously there tends to be turnover, right? Like there's going to be like I want to bring in some of my guys or like I don't know these guys, so like I want to bring in guys I can trust. And I, I get that for sure. That happens with any organization. But – you have to know when you're coming into the program, you got to buy by talking to other, uh, you know, guys in the league or, you know, talking to the other staff or, or things like that. You got to know which guys are like, yeah, let's keep this guy here because, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's got a good track record. He can help me. Right. You know, he can help us out. And to me, always the ego on Ron Rivera to me has always been an issue. He is a guy who thinks like he should be respected as one of the best coaches in the NFL. He thinks like he's got this amazing track record. We've gone over his career record. Here I got great show. experience. Yeah, and it's okay. like it's like bro, like even you know, unless your name is Bill Belichick, any or Andy Reid. I mean, any other coach in this league, you, you could always do better. Like you could always get some more uh, help, and I think that's what some of the best coaches do. And, uh, I, I mean, Rivera just letting a, a, a good talent evaluator leave, and then you look at the how he ev- evaluates talent, which is he does a terrible job, you know? It's just right, awful. Right. Um, here, you love this one. Pursuing a massive trade for Russell Wilson. This was the initial yeah. – Washington and Rivera offered their first-round picks for the next three years and possibly a later-round pick um, – with with Seattle uh, and and Wilson blocked that deal. Just imagine if that had gone through. Just imagine you would have lost the 2022, 2023, and 2024 first round picks and about 85 million in future dead cap. And then it, they they make the point here. Imagine trying to recruit a new management group and head coach with that around the neck of the organization. Now, obviously, it didn't happen, but it was it would have if if Rivera had his way, it would have happened. But you know, Wilson blocked it. That is a, a big yikes. Well, plus the whole entire thing that comes into mind now is how, as you said it right down there with Diana Rossini's tweet, that y- you think about it and say the Denver Broncos are now cutting Russell Wilson and they're cutting ties and saying, all right, we got to start it. Yeah. Because him and Sean Payton are at odds. 
he was also rumored to be this kind of weird guy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because once, you know, he got signed by Denver, everyone's like, this guy's kind of off. You know, this guy's kind of weird, you know, because he got drafted by Seattle. They were so good because of the Legion of Boom and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then everyone thought that he was this this messiah um, that came out of the fourth round or whatever. And now you're looking at it and saying, who's going to get him now? Because who is going to sign him and then also move up? Uh, because they don't have to trade for him or anything like that. They're going to cut him. Yeah. So who's actually going to pay him? And me and Dan were talking about this the other day, saying, I, I honestly said, screw it. I'll take him for $30 million a year. Sure. You sure. want to you wanna accept $30 million a year? I'll give you three years, $90 million, same deal as Geno Smith. And I know he's not going to accept that. But at the same time, I'd say $30 million a year. You're still talented. If you get a GM that can put some pieces around you, get a nice line because – Granted, he hasn't had a great line his entire career for the most part. Right. But you have to think about it this way. If you get a good quarterback in there and then you also pick up some linemen, then maybe the, you know, offensive course, not the offensive court, the the uh, head coach might actually do something with you. You know, but they they were at odds from the start, him and Russell or him and uh, Sean Payton and all that kind of stuff. So when I think about it, it it's glad I'm glad it didn't happen because right. we can't we can't be that team that's like the, the Rams, who are trading all of our picks, not winning anything, but at least they won a Super Bowl. So it's like we're, we're sitting here and being like, we dodged a bullet for that one. Yes. 100%. That, and that, that, that would have been a disaster. Uh, number three is a fun one. That was the Carson Wentz start against the Browns in 2022. Um, this is the game that uh, most famously um, ended the team's uh, playoff contention hopes. And Rivera, of course, had the press conference after the game where he did not even know that they could be eliminated from playoff contention uh, tonight with a Packers win. Um, so, yeah, this this uh, this this is definitely um, yeah definitely a, a tough one to because uh, yeah I mean we were doing this show I mean obviously I remember this well <laughs> uh, obviously it was the Heineke Wentz uh, back and forth oh, we you and yeah. I were both just team like n- ne- neither. It's like we, yeah, we're we're a team. Uh, 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 get Jake Fromm in we there. Cer- yeah, something. we certainly weren't Wentz guys, <laughs> and then we definitely weren't Heineke guys either. Um, but still, this is an example of yeah. I mean, you 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 start Wentz, you lose the game, and you're eliminated from playoff uh, contention, and your head coach doesn't even know it. Right, and that's the problem is that he's had many of these like audio gaffes where they're like, you know, Grant Paulson's like. Hey, you know, you, you guys are eliminated this this game, and he's like, "Wait, what? Like, like, how do you you know that? Like, I I don't know if he was just oh, here. It is. That is uh, just disgraceful for your head coach to not know that. It's just insane. Hey, see, see, it always sounds like at the end there, it sounds like he's actually like being sarcastic. Yeah, being sarcastic, like, oh, okay, Grant, like you, you jackass, you know, like. But at the same time, he's he's been a buffoon before yeah. and said some dumb things that you can't really tell. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, number two on the list here. Yeah, the Carson Wentz move. Um, you know, this is tough. I mean, obviously. We can look at it from today 
and and look back at it and, and see what a disaster this was. Um, I guess the overall point that some Commanders fans would like to make is you do have some signs that maybe this wasn't going to work. Like you have, you know, Jim Irsay not not liking you know, Wentz at all, and you know you could take it or leave that sort of thing. You have the record obviously there as well. Um, you know, you have the quote. We went through the season with some inconsistency at quarterback that led to massive problems. That was Jim Irsay talking about it. Um, you know, it, it, it just uh, – I, I guess some of it was also they, they said the overpay on this as well, um, yeah. on, on getting Wentz where, you know, this was – if you're from the Colts side of things, this was a great move for them. If you're on the commander side of things, yeah, this was pretty bad. I mean – Two third-round picks, a second-round pick swap, and um, all of Wentz's salary. And what has to be one of the worst trades in franchise history. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it was is they I, – I don't really fault them too much for this because they gave effort. Sure. Now, sure. they did supposedly have that whole entire rumor of, oh, we called every team to see if everyone was available and no one was off the table. But the difference is, again, like you said, Carson Wentz was kind of discarded. Now, people still say, oh, well, he's a choke artist and this and that, this and that. Okay, I don't think Carson Wentz is a choke artist. I think that, yes, they lost to the Jags or whoever it was a few years ago uh, when they were winning in. But the problem is, is like, it's a, it's a team sport. You know, he didn't w- lose the game by himself. Yeah. It, it, it comes down to did certain people step up in that game or – does he just not have it anymore after he tore his ACL? And I think it's the latter because, honestly, now I've, te- I've torn two ACLs. I'm not the same person. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm still a little gun-shy when it comes to certain things here and there. But <coughs> when it comes down to it, a guy that was per- participating at an MVP level and then all of a sudden comes out and tears his ACL and all that kind of stuff, Nick Foles leads him to the championship and all that kind of jazz – I just think that he he just is not the same quarterback, and people were giving him chances because he did have those spurts, right. and he did perform pretty decently well for Indianapolis. But the difference was that I think everyone was just so against him here, and was where they were trying to find things wrong with him, and they were trying to oh this guy only eats chicken tenders, or this guy you know does this, or you know he reads the Bible every night, like stupid things that people try to find to knock the guy. At some point, it's going to affect you, and for a guy that was already broken a little bit, I think that kind of just shattered him, and that's that's the reason why he's barely has a job right now. I mean, I, I believe he's with the the Rams or something like that as like a backup or something like a, like the third or fourth stringer or something, some of that nature. Um, but you're looking at it and saying, is, is he that bad of a quarterback? I don't think so, but is he something that people thought he could be? Not anymore. No, no. And, and, and I, I, you did make a good point is, and, and you look at it with this situation and then the, with the Russell Wilson thing that we were just talking about, we don't fault teams for, for taking a swing. You know, you, 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 you go after a big name, you know, you take a shot. If it works, amazing. If it doesn't work, you took your shot. The, the criticism comes in that 
how well did you even evaluate the guy, the current state of the guy? Are you giving this guy a, an offer based on who he was, or are you giving him an offer on who he is right now? There's that right. aspect to it, and then there's also how much are you handcuffing your franchise, and what what are you giving up to to take this swing? Because as we looked at the Russell Wilson deal, that would have been a disaster. If we're talking about multiple years of, of first-round picks for a team that probably wasn't going to be any better, maybe maybe Russell Wilson, if, if Russell Wilson's the quarterback of this team the last couple of seasons, maybe they've got a couple more wins, probably not that much more, let's be honest. So Because the offensive line is still the offensive line. So I guess those are the points that, that we look at in this, and that, yes, yeah. is Wentz, was Wentz a swing that didn't work? Yes, and, and, and part of the criticism that is deserved is the evaluation and then what they gave up. Those are the, my two main gripes with it. Right, yeah. I totally agree with it. I mean, that's just how it is. Uh, number one on the list, failing to draft a QB in 2020 and drafting Chase Young. So this is the number one uh, gripe um, with with Rivera. And, of course, this famously is the Justin Herbert and Tua draft. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean this is this is this is tough. This is tough. Because, Joe Burrow, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, you got a lot of, this, this a lot is of guys this is. Um, I mean, this deservedly is you know a top, a one or two biggest mistake in in his career. Uh, you know, in that, you know, this is this is a, yeah a draft where just think about maybe where this franchise would be. Um, you know, I just made the point, you know, with, with Russell Wilson, how many more wins and such, but if, if this team had had a Tua or a Herbert or something like that, um, who would likely still be the quarterback to this day instead of this carousel that we have going right now in QB land, right, um, right. Chase Young, who obviously had some great moments here at times and then a lot of just non non moments cause he was hurt and wasn't playing. Um, yeah, that's, this is, this is a, this is a miss. This is a definite uh, you know, uh, tenure, you know, uh, defining miss uh, for Rivera. The biggest thing about that draft, and I still remember it to this day, that I had some qualms about, which was I don't like drafting a defensive end that high because of the sole fact that, yes, you have Joey Bosa, you have Nick Bosa, you got all these different guys, Javian Clowney. You got all those type of guys that are out there that you know have succeeded at their position. But then you look at other other players for bigger positions. Yes, pass rushers are a huge deal in today's NFL. But for people that were clamoring for Chase Young and this and that, there were other teams out there that could have taken him, that wanted to take him. Because that was one of their needs. And we could have easily trade it. Now, again, having a top pick, for that to be you know, in your wheelhouse, you're lucky. No matter what. Because you're not in the NBA. You're not in the Major League Baseball realm. Where you have to have a lottery and all this kind of crap. Because this is, if you suck, you get a nice pick. Right. And then you should open your eyes to all avenues. Which is, should I trade this pick? Get another later pick or another second rounder or something like that. Because when you stack picks, you become most likely the Patriots. When you stack picks, you give yourself more options to go out there and take more swings. Because the Patriots for years, yes, they had Tom Brady, and it's easy to win when you have an all-time great quarterback at the helm and and a good coach. 
But what Bill Belichick did for so many years was I'm trading down from, you know, 15 to 21. And I'm going to trade down from 21 to 26 because they knew that their guys were not the top order guys because those are the picks they traded. They went for the second best tackle or the third best guard or whatever. And that's how they ended up getting good because they kept drafting all these highly totted out depth guys. And their lines were always so, so good under Tom Brady for the most part. But then you're looking at the Chase Young draft, and I I feel like they were saying we're going to draft Chase Young automatically, yeah. no matter what. We're not looking to. Tra- I mean, I'm sure we can find an article out there somewhere that said that. Oh yeah, we're, we're we got Chase Young. We got Chase. That's the guy we're taking. And that's the problem is yes, we're not going to get Joe Burrow because obviously Cincinnati was like we're already going to take him. Don't even bother. But when you're looking at the top six picks and you got three quarterbacks in the top six. I mean, that's a huge deal because you're looking at some of these other guys on this list right here. Andrew Thomas, I don't, I don't think he's that good if I, if I recall, uh, but I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not going to you know, attack the guy for that. But Isaiah Simmons, he, he's bounced around a little bit. Uh, Mekhi Becton, I, I, I remember covering him in high school. He's not that great. Henry Ruggs, you know, eh, well, I'm not going to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Warps, I mean, look at Tristan Warps. He's one of the best tackles in football. I mean, Jerry Judy has some talent, but apparently he's getting getting some you know stuff going on. But CeeDee Lamb, Lamb, he's he's one of the top three. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you're seeing some of these guys out Ayuk. there. Yeah, Patrick Queen. Look at see, look at the Ravens. Bottom of the first half again. They got a nice inside linebacker that's going to be there, one of the inside linebackers for for years to come. So it's like you're looking at some of these guys that they could easily got. Plus, you're also looking at. Uh, you know how many picks they possibly could have accumulated mm-hmm. for trading Chase Young, basically. Yeah. Because that's the biggest thing is who was going to draft Herbert Tua Chase Young at number two. There are some options out there, and I'm sure they had options, but they just said we're drafting Chase Young. That's it, and they had no other sense to do anything else because it's a simplistic organization. They don't think outside the box, and that's the problem I've I've had for years. Here's a Rivera quote. Um, this is about Sunday's game coming up here. If there, because it is expected likely to be Rivera's last. Uh, if there are changes after Sunday, do you feel like you've left the franchise in better hands than where when you found it? Um, well, I'd like to say I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'd like to say we're in a better place. It's probably a fair way to say it. Um, I most certainly do appreciate my time here, and we'll see what happens. And again, we'll focus in on what's coming first on on Sunday, and that's getting ready for Dallas. So, you know, obviously, when guys are asked this question, it's not like he's going to say, oh, the, the franchise is effed. Like, you know, he's not going to say that, like, he screwed it up. But when you look at that and you think about it, is the franchise in a better place? I mean, look, the reality of the situation is Ron Rivera came in in a tough time. I mean, obviously, he, you know, dealt with, uh, you know, the, the dealing with the pandemic Dealing with Dan Snyder, dealing with the regime change there, new ownership, etc. He he he, you know, he was supposed to be kind of the the guy that kind of steered the ship through this just wild uh, the rebrand. I mean, the whole all all this sort of stuff, and um, was I just can't look at it as this team is better off than where they were <laughs> you know, with Ron Rivera. I mean, I just I just don't think I can say that uh, confidently, you know. I'm telling you right now, 
the last middle finger that Ron Rivera is going to give this franchise. Oh, I, I think I know what you're is say. beating Dallas. Yeah. And losing the second draft pick. Because yep. as of right now, it's not completely ours. Okay. Sure. Put it that way. It's not completely ours because it could change. Uh, but that is up to how the team has decided to play this coming weekend. But he's going to go out there. They're going to somehow score 47 points. Dallas is going to, you know, flub again. Right. Like they did last year at the end of the season. And we're going to get the fifth pick, you know, where in this draft, if we have the second pick overall and we have tons of cap space, there's going to be a head coach out there that says, all right, I got some options. Yeah. I got some options out here. Yeah. And then you're going to have a GM that's going to say, I have a little more options because I have a lot more leeway here. And also you're going to have an OC that comes in or this, whoever comes in is going to have an enticing decision because right now Ron Rivera has gifted this team because he's so bad Mm -hmm. the second overall pick. And you have all these other teams, these idiots, Patriots and the Cardinals, who are just winning against uh, upset. It's like, what are you doing? And it's it's just funny because I just know that's possibly in the cards because every week, the last two weeks, we've moved up one position, moved up another position because, because we're terrible. And all of a sudden, he's going to go out there. He's going to say, win one for the Gippa, guys. And then all of a sudden, they're going to go out there and say, yeah, yeah, let's win last one for Ron. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Craig. And then all of a sudden, they're going to go out there and oh, yeah. post up 45 points. They're going to be like, what in the world is this team? Then everyone's going to be talking how Dallas sucks for some reason. And then Ron Rivera is going to walk out the building, say, you know, you know, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Go Commanders, you know, and flip us the bird. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> it, it is. It would be an appropriate ending to his tenure is screwing the team out of the, the the number two pick because indeed yeah I think there's I mean there's some big changes to come which is why you know it's 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 an exciting time to be you know a show that talks about this team and that um you know there's this this team could is going to be completely different uh, moving forward I mean just from at least from a management standpoint both the GM side and the coach side and there's a lot of decisions to be had and and, and I'm I for one am just glad to see Rivera is not going to be in charge anymore because I think. Well, that's the funny thing though is that what we're talking about though yeah. is that just like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of differences coming in this organization from a managerial perspective, GM, head coach, you know, yada yada yada, whoever the whoever yeah. the staff is still, if any staff stay, but you also look again that this is one of the most enticing jobs out there now because of the increasing draft stock. Plus the sole fact that you got quarterbacks out there that people want, Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, and uh, Jaden Williams. Uh, so you're looking at it and saying, okay, three quarterbacks out there we can possibly get, possibly. We can also trade down yep. and acquire more picks, especially with a second overall pick where there's three quarterbacks that are coveted right mm-hmm. now. Plus we're in the top four or so in cap space. So you're going to go out there, probably sign two offensive linemen. Then you might get a quarterback in the draft, depending if they want to keep Sam Howell or whatever they decide to do. And also, you've got tons of other space that you can fill on the defensive end in the secondary. So it's like you're looking at it and saying, this team has so much upside in one year that someone might come in here and just you know go you know Richie Rich on their ass and go like go, let's go like that you'd hope. you know you'd hope. and just start showering cash at all these people but the problem is just like we talked about earlier are they going to go get a William Jackson 
that doesn't fit the defensive coordinator scheme? Are they going to go get one of these guys in the draft that doesn't fit the scheme of the coordinators? And I said this when you were out a couple weeks ago. We need a head coach that has a level head on their shoulders, that has an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. He umbrellas both of them, manages both of them, but also is in the, the operating rooms here figuring out who fits each other's schemes. Because, again, when you have an offensive, excuse me, a defensive coach like Ron Rivera, who was the head coach and the director of player personnel, and goes out there and is like, man, this guy, this guy is number one on, on the free agency list. Let's go get him. Let's, let's throw the bag at him when he's probably not worth the bag, and we'll just pluck and play him here. That's the problem that we used to have. Right. And now that this team has so much upside for this year, I'm excited as hell for someone to come in here on all these different positions, head coach, GM, mascot, whoever they wants to come in here and just improve this team because this is – Yeah, yeah, Major Tutty. Tutty. We'll see. You know, who's going to be the head coach (laughs) next year? Jim Harbaugh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, you never know. Jim Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. I mean, there's a lot of names out there, man. Ben Johnson. I can't. He's been Well, apparently that's – we'll see how how much money he wants. But overall, dude, I'm I'm just – this is one of the most exciting off-seasons that we're going to have in the last 15 years. And the the worry is is just it's like don't don't F it up. I mean, that's like been our concern. It's like this is, as you said, this is one of the biggest opportunities to change the direction of the franchise entirely. And I, I use them all the time as an example, but you look at the Detroit Lions when Brad Holmes came in as GM and Dan Campbell came uh, came in as head coach, and you look at like the direction they were able to turn the franchise in. Uh, and it takes time, you know, it's going to take a few seasons. But and and I don't think, I mean, the Commanders, I don't think, are in the same. Well, I guess they are kind of roughly in a similar spot to where the Lions were. I guess, um, you know. But I I just think that yeah, if you bring in the right people who are smart who are able to surround themselves with a ton of talent, a ton of, a ton of other smart people, um, this this franchise could be – it could be really exciting here in a couple seasons. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, let's let's do some trivia here. Let me, uh, oh, should we do some trivia here? Let's do some, let's do some trivia here. All right, let's do some trivia here. How about that? It's the Daily Dozen, as uh, Mike and I – this is our first one of the new year. So – we need to succeed. I, I oh, by the yes. way, you did. Uh, you watched the Gran Turismo movie. I did. You, did you like I it? Did. I gave it a. Oh no, he did. I like think it. an eight point. Oh. Eight point one. Oh yeah, then you did like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah. not like it's no like Godfather, but it's a good movie. You, you know the one thing I I will give it credit because I I hate movies and shows that have a dad that's just an ass. Yeah. Because dads in a lot of these things, you know, they're they're like, you know, son, like, and then they get up and they like they, they shove the table from the dinner right, table, right. they like shove it, and then all of a sudden the mashed potatoes falls on the floor or something like that, and the, the wife's like, like Harold, yeah, you know, the or wife's something always like, that. like the, don't worry, you know, he'll come around, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's always, yeah, that's exactly, the line. And, but the dad's always so rude, right. and then all of a sudden at the end he's like, yeah, you know, I guess you did okay, son, right, right, you know, right, stuff like that. But this dad, I forgot did his name. He's is the actor. That's his name? Yeah, Digimon Hansu. <laughs> yeah, Digivolve. Um, <laughs> do you, you remember Digimon? I do. I remember. Hey, man. That that used to get me going when Digimon was like, Digivolve 2! And yeah, then all of a sudden, Digimon like, it would be the same no, animal, but just... No Pokemon. I mean, come on. 
It, it wasn't, but it was it wasn't on at the same time, so I get to watch both. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, c- I couldn't name you a single Digimon though. Yeah, uh, I can name a lot of Pokemon oh, yeah, Gen ones. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we were too old for Beyblades, those spinning tops fighting each yeah, other. Yeah, yep. My brother Bay had Blades. those. Yeah. Beyblades. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it was, it was so lame. Dumb. But yeah, it was a good movie. I, I I liked it. Like you said, like my worry the whole time watching it was like, oh god, is this gonna be lame and cheesy? And like yeah. the, it, it it waded into those waters sometimes. But for the for the most part, it was like, oh yeah. no, they did a pretty good job with this. I love. I mean, even the fact that they included the tra- the the actual crash. I mean, that's like what happened in real life. Where they he freaking like you watch the you can watch the video online where the car is freaking going like this. And like somebody dies and stuff, and it was kind of cool for them to actually put that in the movie. When you think right. like sometimes Hollywood's like, yeah, we're gonna leave that out, but like, right. uh, no, I, I, racing it was, was that, pretty cool too. That's the thing too is that so again the dad thing was was I gave props for yeah. because he actually he wasn't too hard on the kid, mm-hmm. but he tried to understand a little yeah. bit during the thing. He, he was like, he was like. You know, what are you doing there, son? Like, you know, he was watching him racing. He's like, I'm, I'm changing the brakes, right. you know, <laughs> like changing the calipers yeah. here. And the guy's like, oh, well, okay. And it's like, but they, he wasn't like sitting there, like about to beat him with a cross right, stick right, or something right, like right. that. He wasn't locking um, him. He didn't like throw his computer, <laughs> like video game system, like out the window or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that, that was one thing, but I, I did, will say that the, the racing part, now that was cool to watch. And, um, and I think they did a good story about that, but. I think one knock that I have on it was it was too long of a movie to not elaborate on more parts. Yeah. Like they like they they built it up so much for like 45 minutes to the point where they're like, "All right, this build up could have been, you know, half an hour. You right. wasted 15 minutes of the movie by, you know, having this guy feud with this guy, but then all of a sudden they're friends at the yeah, end. Yeah, they're, they're like, both racing at Le Mans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just it was cool though. I mean, as somebody who doesn't really know anything about racing, like uh, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of. I was like, oh, maybe I'll actually like. I'm not gonna watch these races, but it would be like, you know, I'd I'd, I'd buy a video game about them. I'd go play Gran Turismo. Hey, I, I I told my buddy to watch it because I was like, you remember those days on the PlayStation Two? We sat yeah. there and played GT. He was like, yeah, I remember that. And I said, well, they made a movie about it. He's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, you know, Patrick. Star over here living under a rock. Yeah, what an you know, idiot. he didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah idiot. I mean, all right. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's cool, kind of like, yeah. Again, the fact that like a guy who got really good at a video game got to be suddenly like a professional racer. Like, what the hell? Like, that's yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, that, I mean, you that'd be that'd be your 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 MLB show, you know, experience. Should you should be the manager of the Chicago Cubs or something right now? I mean, I could I could be the manager. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't know if I could be, be a good player oh, yeah, of the show. A little different. Um, I'm not. I'm not that great at the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll put it that way. Let's do. That's definitely not one of my top three games. What's uh, where do you want to start here on the board? Let's just start from the top okay. left. We'll, we'll, right. we'll go from our, our, our eh, whatever. Let's do it. Uh, last by the way, last night didn't go so well for me. Okay, <laughs> I was doing it. I was like, oh, this is not good. All right. So the daily dozen game one sixty three on the second of. 2024 year. I had to take forever to yeah, get that out. I didn't know what the hell you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ted Mar- Marchi Broda is one of only three men to have coached what AFC team since 1996? Okay, so so it means somebody's been there a long time, or like it's only had a couple couple changes in like you know. I I, I bet you who I, I know who it is. Ooh, the Ravens. No. Because Bill Bellic or Bill Billick, or, or Brian, Brian Billick, Billick was the, yeah, I think one of three men to have p- coached the. So Billick, 
and Harbaugh and Ted Marshabrata. Ooh, that might actually be right. I was thinking of the Patriots. Yeah, how long has Belichick been there? Oh, wait, since 1986. So that means they've only had three coaches since 96, three head coaches. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we'll go with the Ravens. Yeah, that's that's my initial take. Okay. All right, good call. Good okay. call. Okay. We had, we had similar Hold thoughts. That out my ass. <laughs> On January 2nd, 2007, this is this at, at the, the time Big East school led by star Brian Brom capped off a 12-1 season with a 24-13 Orange Bowl win over Wake Forest. So, from watching the show, when they say at the time, that means that the school could still be part of this conference or they could have moved but at least at this exact time they definitely were part of it that's that's when they say at the time so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it, they've gone to a different conference um, so Brian for the orange bowl 2007 it's acc versus who i think it's big 10 is it well it says this at the time big east school kept up to orange bowl went over wake forest so yeah so they play so wake forest Against, so they play 12 and 1. So 2007. So think about like, oh wait, yeah. Brian Brown. I was going to say like, what guys were coming out of the draft the next year, but I don't, I've never even heard of Brian Brown. I've heard of him. I'm trying to think about it though. At at the time, Big East school. So it has to be a Big East school. So think about Big East school. So obviously you had, uh, you know, UConn, which is terrible, Syracuse, Louisville. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of the the better ones. Pit Pit maybe. Um Yeah, I mean I have zero idea. Alright, we'll come back yeah. to it. MLB. After coming over from Cuba, this two time all star outfielder played for the Athletics, Red Sox, Tigers, and Mets from twenty twelve to twenty eighteen and won Cespedes. the home run derby in thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. Yo it's weird Ennis. he was on the Tigers. He was like barely there. But uh I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. To be honest with you. Living from Jesus, 1885 to 1962, this Danish physicist was a Nobel Prize winner for his foundational contributions to understanding atomic structure and assisted in the Manhattan Project. This is Niels Bohr. N-I-E. Oh, N-I-E-L. Niels, how did you know that? Well, I I did watch Oppenheimer. Movie. Oh, look at this guy. Okay. Okay. So that is yeah. Blake Lively. Yep, definitely. And then of the outside is McCauley's brother. So uh, Kieran Culkin from Succession. Yeah, that was too easy. Nice. Oh, Dave's speaking of easy. Single is, okay. Wendy's. What are we I'm talking about it. here? Dave's Don't single. Don't even try us. I mean, like, what are you guys thinking? Putting us. Yeah, come on. It's obviously Wendy's. Yeah, it's idiots. In 2020, Qu- Quibi rebooted this comedy. Si- Central series that debuted. Why am I speaking like a robot? That debuted. De- debuted. You sound like one in, of the voices on TikTok that like yeah. reads the text. Yeah, right. Starring this Thomas Reno nine one one. I I like Reno nine one one. Yeah, the clips are great. It's a great oh, show. Oh yeah, God, New my boot voice goofy. is already shot. Okay. Anna Sophia Robb portrayed shark attack survivor Bethany Hamilton in this 2011 biographical drama. Also starring Dennis Quaid and Carrie Underwood. Would that be blue? No. Blue, uh, no, but you're, I know what you're thinking of. That's not this cast, though. I believe this is Soul Surfer. 
Ooh, that's actually a good good title. Or something like that. Yeah, Soul Surfer. Okay. God, man, you're on point. Your voice sucks, but you're on point. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I... <laughs> 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 Janelle Monet was the featured artist on the 2011 oh, number yeah. one hit song "We Are Young" from what it's band? A banger. Tonight <laughs> we Who are it? young. It's fun. Set us set the roof on fire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were just telling fun. me this is fun. This is fun. is it F U N period? That's fucking uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, sorry, <to> swear. <laughs> Nobody's listening at an hour six mark. Um, no, no, no one can understand. Dude, I, anyways, I, I, I mean, I have n- no idea. So you, you, you named some of the schools earlier. You said Pitt. You said Louisville. Um, well, who else is in the Big East though? Who, who was in the Big East when UConn was winning championships for basketball? God, like that. That this was is like a football question. I think it's. I think it's. But Louisville. All right, you do. Right, you I'm do gonna... a guess, and then I'll do a guess. All right. So do you, do you Louisville? Wanna, yeah, try Louisville, and if it's wrong, go Pitt. Yes! Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Tonight! All right. <laughs> Tonight! There we go. <laughs> oh, he's, he's he's ending. Let's check it out. Let's check out the stats. Nine for nine. Oh, I need to say show stats. Show the stats. All right. Wow. Wow. 450. No one knew that history one. God, you're a, you're a genius. <laughs> Chain restaurants, of course. This is a dumb question. Look at that. Look at all these NFL man. Wow, how did they not get that one? That's I thought that was an easy one. Yeah, because so you let's think, do I this. mean, you just think about like, I mean, you just go through the team and you think Ravens. It's like, yeah, you've only really freaking heard of like a couple coaches in the last like thirty years or whatever. So, so four, yeah. yeah. I mean, you think of the Ravens, the the, the Steelers, and right, the, right, right, right. The, Steelers would have been. Another one that yeah, I would have probably but that, but no, but that was that was Chuck Knoll, hmm. Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. So right. I could I could have named those. Right, ones. right, right. I'm also wearing the four one two hat. If you don't there notice, we go. I noticed. Um, it's backwards see. Uh, on the camera. Is for it me? So we we are in the ninety eighth percentile for perfect. Why are we not on Jeopardy or something? like ninety eighth percentile. It should be painless. Well, that's we your should, guy. We Neil's should, we, should, four. we should contact uh, Portnoy. <laughs> What's he gonna do? It, it, he's, it's a bar stool. I know, but that's not. That's Jeff D. Lowe that runs uh, Dozen Trivia. So we should contact Jeff D. Lowe and be like, "Your boys need to be on this season of uh, Dozen Trivia." I mean, we're we're acing it. Um, yeah, Niels Bohr, and then your your boy Nikola Tesla. That was another guy involved. Um, okay. And I didn't watch the movie yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, it's also just you know general knowledge. You know, for oh yeah, is it? You know, it's an important <laughs> the Manhattan time Project in, in our nation's history. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm more into Manhattan Pizza than the Manhattan Project. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah me too. God, hey, uh, do you get my text though about the uh, about the um the the pizza that I texted you about last week or two weeks ago, the underrated one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, you got to get that man. I remember the text. What was the was name about, of the place again? Pizza with a twist. Okay, yeah, okay. I've had it once. And let me see what my rating was because I had it once. Oh, you did. Uh, but it was a while ago, so like I, I would, I would definitely get it again because it's like I swear by it. Because it's it, their thin crust is how I like it, which is not Ooh, like pizza Domino's. Twist. Oof, I I gave it a six six. 
back in the day. Well, I don't know what you got. That's a that's the problem. problem. And Abby got gave it a seven. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, do, this was probably. Do, a do you remember? Years. Do you remember if you got what kind of kind of crust? Regular crust, probably. Probably a regular crust. Tell me, dude. The thin crust, so thin crust is okay. is not like Domino's where it's like eating cardboard. And that's the place, you know, Pizza with Twist. That's the place where it's like it's like Middle Eastern pizzas. They've yeah. got like you can get like a chicken tikka masala pizza, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and and but I just get this. I get the simpleton one. Yeah, well, I yeah. get I I get the thin crust. I get um I'm, I don't know if I get extra sauce. I like extra sauce though, no matter what. But you get the thin crust. You get the pepperoni. You, I get some Ooh. spinach in there to throw a little green, okay, and which you can leave out if you want. Yeah, and I get the tiki masala, tikka, tikka, tikka masala chicken. Ooh. I mean, that sounds delicious. Not, that sounds. It doesn't have all the sauce on there. It's just the yeah. chicken that they would put in the sauce. Right. No, that sounds money. I, I would definitely give them another shot. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do it. I do it sometimes with my ratings. Is like I'll give it another try and like give a. Uh, an updated rating if if it deserves it. So yeah, you know what we should do that. We should we should we should have that for our kickoff episode. Some 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 good za and pizza rating. That sounds good yeah. to me. You should get that one, and then you should tell me a place to get. That's true. Yeah, I mean I've got my list. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I'm trying to. This is second day of the year, and so through two days, I've done a pretty good job food wise of not eating huh. anything too crazy. Yesterday had kava. Today had kava for lunch. Uh, so I mean, all right. As long as I there can just is. eat cob every day, I think I'll be in good shape. But <laughs> there that's gonna is. be a little expensive. Um, but uh, it's all probably gonna go downhill this weekend. That's where it's. That's where I usually. It's like, I mean, dude. Sometimes you're just sitting there and you're just like, I'd love to just order some Wingstop right now. And then you order yeah. ten wings and side of fries and maybe a brownie if and throwing you know. <laughs> and, uh, and that's like a million calories. So. That's the problem, man. Is is the weekends where you're sitting there and you're just, you're like, all right, I'm watching this. Got a little buzz on. Man. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, you got a little buzz on. Buzz. Uh, stay, stay away from, stay away from those white balls. On. <laughs> say, say, was, yeah, that's. A, I'm gonna make a shirt that says that. Yeah. Hey, get your get your light year on. Yeah, there you go. Um, we just coined that or something. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is uh, well, that shirt just now, now it's in my yeah. mind. Uh, the problem is, you got to stay away from those white cloth surges, man. I, White Claw surges. I've never, done, I've never done that. They're eight or eight percent. Wow, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, and the problem is, I've had them twice now, yeah. and both times I have them, the next day, not not so great. Ooh. Because the problem is, because they're eight percent, it's like basically drinking two in one. So it's like I'm sitting there and I'm playing, you know, Xbox or something like that, or watching a movie or something like that. I'm just chilling and I'm drinking them like regular White Claws yeah. or regular seltzers. But you're really like I'm doubling there, up. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm just like drinking them, and you always have to have them after you've had a couple because they don't taste that great. Yeah. They always have a weird aftertaste. Oh yeah, I know what you but mean. A, yeah. But after you have your your your, your that's buzz me on and those, your, your light, that's your, me and those truly like holiday like party pack like I told you that yeah, I got. Yeah. Like, those don't taste that good, but though they taste pretty good after you had a couple glasses <laughs> of uh, you know a little bourbon. <laughs> well, you know it's funny. Bobby is, bourbon is uh is I'm actually favoring now. <laughs> Excuse me. Truly, lemonade is obviously the t- elite cream of the crop. Elite. The the hard sodas from Bud Light. Okay, I haven't, I, I haven't given. I, it a I, shot. I still like those. Okay. Like they came out like last year. Like it's the ones that's like, oh, it's flavored like orange, or it's flavored like yeah. Coke. I gotta try. Or it's flavored like cherry Coke or something like that. I kind of like them. I mean, there's wrong with it. Hey, if you like them, I'm gonna I'll give them a try. I have not. They're five percent. I think they have zero sugar in them too. That's good news because I need zero yep. sugar. 
my yep. life. Zero I, watermelon sugar. So last thing before we go. Uh, so I've been going to the chiropractor, as we talked about on the show. And so, oh man, I haven't heard when this. When they in a while. do the, so they've been doing the the cupping, um, you know. So, I'll, oh, you, you're doing that? Yeah. So I'll also I'll, I'll I'll go into a room and they'll stick needles in my neck and then they'll do put some cups on on my back. <laughs> that, uh, ain't a, that ain't a chiropractor. And, man. That's like a it's like a, a Manhattan project. But the problem is, is so <laughs> the, the the women that work uh, like work at the front desk that like do don't uh, whisper. This is going on the top. <laughs> They're they're you know they're 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 pretty attractive, um, and the problem is is when you go in for the cupping, that's when like for everything else you don't obviously take your shirt off, but when you're doing the cupping in the room, you have to take your shirt oh. off, and they're the oh. ones that like put the cups on your back and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, every time I'm like, this is just, I mean, this is a disaster. It's like, like I was waiting in the room today, and then you know the girl walks in and she's like, all right, take your shirt off, and it's like you don't, nobody wants that. What's her name? I don't mean, I have no idea. But like nobody wants to see this, what's underneath here. And so yeah. you know, I just you know, you take your shirt off and then you just know like when they're doing the cups on the back, they're just looking at just a pile of fat that's sitting there. <laughs> and they're just like I, can't. Yeah. I mean they're like, Yeah, the cup is having a hard time getting a you know, connecting yeah, suctioning out there. You know, I I'd like I'd like to suction some of this uh, fat out, out, of, out of my stomach. <laughs> And it's just it's just a disaster. But you uh, know what's funny is that the last time I went to the chiropractor last week, they uh, and they were like, "Well, we got to schedule you for your for, for your re." Sorry, got They said we got to. Excuse me. They said we got to schedule you for your re-eval. First thing, I'm like, "Well, damn, my 20 appointments are already up." Oh yeah, that kind of sucks. I'm almost at that um, mark right now. Yeah. Well, I well I only go at once every two weeks. Yeah. So, so I extended it because um, I don't need to go every week no. or every every want twice a day, whatever it is. So I'm hoping it's only twenty bucks. So I'm like, whatever, you know, they crack crack a couple times, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. So they said that, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. So when they said that, I went to the back, and the problem was it was the rainy day last week, yeah, where it was rainy and it was muggy, and you know how when rain comes, like yeah, it's cool outside. But like buildings just like filled with must. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden I get in there, I'm like, man, it's kinda Ooh. hot in here. You know? And I'm wearing, you know, a pullover or yeah, something yeah. like that. Like nothing big. And then all of a sudden, what they do at mine, which is I think a regular chiropractor rather sure. than yours, yeah. is they give you a massage. So they do a massage for like no, ten just minutes. Needles in my neck. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're killing you. No wonder you're sick. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, so they gave me a massage, and they then they adjust you, and then you're out. Yeah. Okay. So for me, they either do massage before or after, and this was before. So the girl, and she for some reason remembered me. I don't know why. Yeah. So I've only seen her once. <coughs> so I'm getting. Uh, uh, so she, so I, she, she says, "Hey, where are we focusing on today?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like I said, my neck and and my upper back right, or something, right. whatever. That's a good. She was like, and and when she said that, like, where are we focusing on In today? In between my cheeks. I, not not the cupping um so (laughs) so the uh so i said my neck and she was like the the lower back because like we did like we did last time and i was like last time i was like i wasn't here for like 14 days you know i was like i was was kind of it was kind of weird that she remembered that so i said so i like me and you always do we panic so i was like "Uh, yeah you know i didn't need a lower back so starts doing it right and in these chairs, I hate these chiropractor chairs because they're so skinny. Oh, you're a, you're in you a know? chair. 
No, like a oh. like a, one of the, the bench oh. bed things. Oh, oh yeah. And it's not like a masseuse, like where you have the circle one where it actually fits around your head. Like this one is like a square. So I'm like this. Oh, I hate those things too. That's how our things are. Where yeah, it's like right? it leaves like a little gap for like your nose. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like breathing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, it's got hot oh, in here, no. man. So all of a sudden, I get up and the paper oh. that's like covering the thing, my face, because I was breathing on my face. There's no like ventilation yeah. down there. I'm breathing, oh, no. and all of a sudden I get up, and it's just like wet. Oh, and I was like, uh, "Thank you." <laughs> no, you you hustled out of there. Oh my god, dude! And, but the problem, no, it was it was before oh, I even got adjusted. Before, so they're like, "Oh, oh god, this god. sweat monster, we got to rub this guy down." <laughs> this guy just got out of the pool. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, because they have the they have the ventilation and the ceiling. Yeah. That it's a it's a it's like a spindle and it and it goes around while the AC's pumping so it like it so and it has like vents like different directions yeah. so it just spreads the air around they didn't have those on oh. and like I said the must was was building up and she was mas- I was getting massaged for like 12, 13 minutes yeah. and I'm breathing like hot air on myself like this because all you can see is this and I'm like I get up and I, and I was dude, I was mortified oh. it was the most one of the most embarrassing things I've had in the last year sweat and I, anytime you oh. like. And then you just think about it more. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm, like, probably making this thing so sweaty. And that makes you sweat even more. Yeah. I hate any yeah. sort of – any sort of – and being big guys, it's like we're, we're sweating just all the time. I mean, just – And Dr. Kang was helping this other lady, and she wouldn't stop talking. Oh, I hate that. So I'm sitting there just embarrassed for, like, ten minutes a, while this a, idiot a lady – of your, your w- w- Yeah, it was – puddle of, of your sweat and – Okay, well, it wasn't all over the table. Yeah. It was just in that head they spot. They had to call in somebody okay. to vacuum the floor after vacuum the, well, the yeah. moisture. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they didn't get that air. I was like, you get that air running yeah. here? But then the lady wouldn't stop talking. So Dr. Kang is over here, and he won't he, – because we talk about golf or whatever. Yeah. And, like, she wouldn't stop talking, talking about her back or doing lunges or something. And she's doing, like, yoga, and then she threw out her back. I'm like, all right, lady. Like, first of all, you, you cut in front of me. Second of all, now you're talking to Dr. Kang, yeah. and he can't help me out so I can get the hell out of yeah. here and, and wallow in the rain, like, um, you know, in, in the notebook or you something know, like that. Your, because you're, you're literally <laughs> – like facial, facial impression is on <laughs> yeah. the bench from earlier. They're like, yeah. we're going to have to oh, get my new leather. Dude. I don't know what to say. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie. He was talking so much. I was sitting there, like, looking around, like, trying to figure out how to roll the thing so I could get it past it. Oh. And, like, cut it off myself. Oh, but no. But I couldn't do it. I'm glad you didn't try because, like, next thing you know, you're, like, break it that all or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Oh. Why did you do that? And then it's like, oh, God. What a nightmare. Yeah. That was one of the most embarrassing things I've had in the last 365 days. Happy New Year's, man. They just uh, they screw it all up. Go get that cupping done. Yeah, I mean, my back, it literally looks like a, che- a checkers board right now. <laughs> I don't know it's, where you're going, man. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because then, like, I mean, she still does the, the cracks and stuff, but, like, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> um, we will be back, and uh, as we said, some big stuff coming down the road. The biggest thing is got to, I mean, again, 2024 resolution. The silky sweet voice of John Z needs to be on these. Hey, airwaves. what if we get John Z on for the th- the the kickoff episode? That would be something. I don't know. That wouldn't be a bad title for it. Kicking off, Kicking off after the season's already done. With John Z. You know? Yeah. Uh, we like to hear about his chiropractor experiences. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of cupping happening, uh, but not where you would think. 
<laughs> All right, we'll see you later. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover. Goodbye.